Open the hammer! No, you're not! So, guys, let's, let's talk about some fun stuff, shall we? All right. So, Talladega Super Speedway. Uh, that, that race happened. We have uh, yet another first-time winner for, of the season, Brad Kozlowski, who was, who was my pick to win the race. Not to brag. Um, so, Crow, why don't you start us off? What did you think of Talladega Super Speedway and how that race went? Oh, it, it was nice to have a race that I actually remember. Like, fun things happened. It was enjoyable to watch. <laughs> like, what, what did you enjoy about it? Oh, it, it was just fairly good racing. I forgot the, the whole run of it. Um, lots of, uh, you know, a nice, you know, assortment of people up running up front um you know a lot of people that we don't necessarily see um really like seeing ross Chastain up front um really good to see Bob wallace win the stage um uh it never really turned into a you know single file we're just gonna kind of lay back and chill out race which was great oh, oh I, well i i tweeted like in the towards the end of stage two like um I, I think the odds of this race going going into a single file are slim. And then they did in the middle of the final stage, I think with like 30 to go. And I was like, really? Now? Now now's when we get, get, go single file? Um, yeah, when you have people start worrying about, you know, their fuel, it definitely like lined up. But other than that, like it was a, I think it was a very good competitive race. Um, got to see some, you know, some of the favorites running up front with uh, McDowell and Blaney and, um, you know, Hamlin continues his streak of just doing absolutely stupid things <laughs> and still dominating in the points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, he leads the points by like a clear margin. Um, and he, he was kind of on his way to getting back on the lead lap after he had his, what well, it was two speeding penalties, right? There was a st- speeding penalty um, coming oh, into yeah, pit row, yeah, yeah. he may have pitted outside of his box. It was really close. Yeah. And then when he came in for his speeding penalty, he sped on pit road again. Yeah. So- and then he raced his way back up to the front, um, uh, like uh, one lead lap off. And I think af- did he get that's no, that's when he got into the wreck. Yeah, they were coming out turn four, and yeah. um, he moved up in front of Truex, and then clobbered the wall. Yeah. Take so, Daryl, Phil, is there a more iconic duo than Jenny Hamlin and speeding penalties? Probably not. I think he gets more. He might have the league lead for um, speeding penalties among active drivers. I don't know what it is about pit road, but Hamlin just cannot get slowed down. And he said on the radio, I can't stop it referring to, you know, trying to get the brakes slowed down because in the super speedways, they don't run that many. They don't run that big, sorry, a brake package. But you could say that for any other track. Because if there's going to be a speeding penalty, more than likely, it's going to be Hamlin that gets it. Yeah, I'll say that maybe there is one duo that is better than that. And okay. that's Ryan Newman and Blocker. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, you know, it's just like, like we've said, Denny continually stuck during a race. Somehow make it up, you know, but, you know, he couldn't do it this past week. Um, it, it was, you know, and listening to Radioactive yesterday and hearing him say, I can't slow it down. And they told him, they were like, well, these are the same super speedway brakes you've always had. It's the issue. Um, uh, for Denny, it's just like, 
Well, I I, th- I think what part of the problem was there were still weepers down oh. on the apron on the way down into the pit entrance. So I think that played at least a little bit into why he had trouble slowing down just a little bit. Yeah, makes it, it would make sense then. But it's just like Denny's either gonna win a race and dominate and lose it in the last ten laps, or you know he's gonna go and try to make a block stage uh, and then get punted into the wall. So, but you know he'll do it where he has enough points accumulated that keep going for the. Uh, foreseeable future until we get to the playoffs where it's actually going to matter how how many wins you pretty much are going to need to push you. Hopefully you can finish the job this time. Be regular season champion a few times before it's like you need to go ahead and capitalize on that. You know, to, uh, get the Phoenix. Yeah, I, th- I think Hamlin, he, he might be on his way to having like a uh, Terry Labonte 1996 championship season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Consistent. Consistent, but, you know, he'll just get one win. Everybody will be like, he shouldn't have won the championship because he only won one race. Does Matt Kenseth ring a bell for any of you? Yeah, well, they, changed, yeah, they changed the rules because of Matt Kenseth. Mm-hmm. Matt Kenseth is the reason we got here. It's yeah, a sad Matt part. Kenseth was so boring in that one season. We're like, never again. Let's just make up a... a playoff format have people complain for 15 years yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the, the, uh, I, I, every time i see someone tweets like can we go back to the old playoff systems like i just want to say that we, yeah we are in our 15th or 16th year of this it's we're not going back <laughs> so. yeah and somebody had a good point the other day and I, i'll probably read twitter but somebody said that we've had the playoffs or, or at least we've had the, the chase playoff for yeah, yeah, yeah. for a longer amount of time than, I guess, the modern era point from like, uh, you know, I think at some point in the 80s all the way to 2003. We've had what we have now for a longer period of time. I, I forget how it goes. Well, no, the, the, technically, the modern era started in 72. 72 yeah so so no that's not we're not we're not quite there yet <laughs> yeah but it, it was something about i think i don't know if they did they do like a point it was like a format check. i don't know i guess if it was the 185 I, I don't know but they said that they only had had it for like 13 years or something mm. i don't know but either way you know. it's before 72 were weird oh yeah the best way to put it yeah, he also had somebody win 47 races, so I can't even watch 47 races. <laughs> Take a week and off. folks will complain about the playoffs and, oh, we don't get a full season champion. You still do because you have to be good in the first 26, and then you got to be good in the next 10. Ask Kevin Harvick, because people yeah. keep bringing up Harvick not winning the championship last year. Harvick had the worst three-race stretch of that season at the worst time. That's on him. And I'd yeah. rather see it come down to that than seeing the championship leader going into October, just finishing 10th the last 10 races and backing into the championship. Because how many times did we go to Homestead, even in the chase format, for that matter, where, you know, Jimmy's just riding around in 13th and then he slides up into 7th to win the championship in like the last 15 laps or so. That's not exciting. Now it's actually exciting. And every race does actually matter because now it builds up towards the end instead of falls 
out towards the end. But people on Twitter will be people on Twitter. <laughs> so, so Talladega in general, what do you, what do you think about super speedway races? Which do you prefer, Daytona or Talladega? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think right now, Dega is incredible. Just you can get three or four wide there, and the finishes seem to always be crazy. Uh, the, the problem with the Daytona 500 recently has been rain. Yeah. So the race hasn't been that great. And then, of course, this year we ended up wrecking half the field 20 laps in. So it completely changed the complexity of what that race was going to look like. But Talladega has been consistently just a race where you go to and you know you're going to see something that's going in the NASCAR history books. And it's been a lot of fun the last few years. This race on Sunday was a lot of fun with all the two wide action that we saw. And we didn't have a big one. You know, we didn't have yeah. that wreck that wiped out 30 cars. We did have Joey Logano go upside down, which we'll probably talk about. But it was a good race, and most of the cars made it to the finish this time. So I think right now i got to say Talladega. Yeah, yeah, I'm more of a mega person myself, especially even when I'm, like, watching old races. I'm mostly checking out some of the late 80s, early 90s Talladega races. And Talladega has kind of been chaos over the last almost 40 years, you know. Talladega is the reason why we have restrictive plates. Bobby Allison went into the fence. Uh, we've seen Jimmy Horton. He's the reason why we have the uh, backstretch, you know, the uh, the fence on the backstretch. You know, we saw him leave, you know, go into the parking lot, basically. Uh, we see Ricky Craven <laughs> get tangled yeah. up into that fence, but will he get into a car the next week? You know, I, Talladega, go ahead. I think that Craven accident, because I, I, I like, you know, I, I go through and I watch all, all the cup races in order. Start, I started with 95. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that Craven accident has has to really be like the first like benchmark of just a completely ridiculous multi-car wreck um, in the restrictor plates area. Era. Like there, there were big wrecks before it, but that's like the, the first one. You're like, oh, that's that that's not good at all. Um, yeah. And, and I think from that point on, it's just we, we get it like every three years to something just this completely just too far. <laughs> so right. Yeah, because I'll say I think it was either 90 or 91. It's one, I think, that uh, Ernie Irvin started uh, where there was a wreck on the backstretch. And that was the one where Mark Martin almost, almost got upside down. And I think it was the same race Cal Petty broke his leg in. Uh, but after that, you didn't see it. You know, you maybe saw one car get upside down, and normally that car was Rusty Wallace for some reason. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like you say, after 96, it was just like it didn't matter whether it was Cup or if it was Bush or, you know, Xfinity for our new listeners. Um, you know, somebody got into the, you know, got upside down, and then normally it took. 10, 15, 20 cars out. And that's what I will say I did like about this week's race, where it wasn't, you know, the crashing up. You know, we didn't have, you know, we had maybe that one or, you know, three or four car accident. But, you know, most of the people were able to carry on. I mean, you look at Byron. Byron was involved, I think, in that uh, stage two crash. And then he goes on to finish second. Yeah. So, you know, that was 
you know, I don't know if it's a testament to the cars that they're building. Look at that, and it's just like Kozlowski was involved in the Lagar wreck. Yeah. He 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 got tagged and spun around in, in turn three and four, and he, he wounds up winning exactly. right in front of Byron. Yeah. So so maybe the 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 lasting effect is that you have to uh get into an early wreck to be able to win at Daytona or Talladega. So <laughs> get those lumps out the way. And by the way, we can't talk about Talladega and not talk about the 2002 Aaron's 312, the, the lap 14, where we, like, destroyed the entire Xfinity field. The old, uh, that was incredible. The old, it was, it's easier to tell you how many cars are left than they are to tell you how many that were involved. <laughs> so so my, my favorite is Talladega, um, because it's, it's wider. Um, uh, so there's more escape routes for, for drivers. It's more forgiving. So, uh, is, and I also like it because the finish line is farther down the front stretch. Um, you, you got a much longer runway that something can happen. And unlike Daytona, where if you're halfway through that first dog leg, it's over. So, so that, 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 that's one reason why I like Talladega. Do I like watching Talladega races? Eh. Um, I, I, super speedway racing, it, it, I said this last week, people lose IQ points um in super speedway racing and it's like luckily we didn't get the big one this this time around i i think the the biggest one was only eight cars um so it this this was a fun race to watch um when when bubba got up there to to the lead congratulations to bubba wallace he he got to the front of restrictor plate race and he stayed there for for a little bit um up until this point he's shown a knack for getting up there um but he couldn't keep it. He'd be there like a lap, maybe two, and then he'd he'd, he'd lose it. And I, I don't know what his, what his final lap total was. What was it? Well, it was like 16 that he led. I'll got a page up, so I'll check it right now. I think it was 16. Yeah, 16. It was 16. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So he 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 led 16 laps, and he finally like it's clear the 2311 team has a good super speedway program. Clear. Um. He, uh. Wheels, Mike Wheeler, his crew chief keeps getting um, crucified on Twitter for his, his pit road decisions. Um, but uh, he, I'm looking forward to them getting back back to Daytona at the end of the season to see see what they they can do now. They have two um, super speed two two races under the belt for speedways. So Phil, Phil, I have a question for you. Um, whenever you're tweeting about 2311, you, you use we. And, and it, I know sports fans, I, I've done it. I'm guilty of it. I, like, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I, I will drop a Wii every now and then. Um, but I think, it, I feel like it might be different when you say we in 2311 racing. I, I was wondering maybe you could explain why, why, why you refer to it as we. Well, I feel like with 2311, when I say we, because I feel invested, you know, this is the first race team where I felt like, okay, this is something that I can latch on to. Like, I've been a Hendrick Motorsports fan for, you know, 25 years. And never, and I mean, I won't say never at that point, never at any point did I feel like you know, I, I, you know, I felt like, you know, hey, it's a one big fraternity, you know? And you always hear the drivers talk about Hendrick Motorsports being a group effort, you know, that, Everybody works together. Everybody talks to each other. But 
in a sense uh, from being a fan you know you have so many people that follow all of the different drivers you know you when they say we you don't know who they're talking about you're talking about larson or byron or bowman or chase but with 2311 it's just kind of like hey this is something you know when i spend my money on merchandise for them yeah yeah it feels like hey i'm helping this team you know Granted, yeah, it's going in, the, you know, either Bubba's pockets or somewhere <laughs> in the merchandising and all of that. Yeah, that's fine. But, you know, when I put my time and effort in, when I stand up for the team when they're being talked about bad or, you know, somebody has something smart to say, it feels like, you know, I in a way, I don't want to say it's like gatekeeping it. It's like, okay. you know, I, I feel a connection to the team. And I've felt that connection since we, uh, you know, since everything came together. You, you, you uh, said a we. You dropped, yeah, you dropped there, a we. There, there's that we since we came together, yes. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it feels like uh, a moment in time where it's like, I don't know, at some point, somebody, you know, where they open it up where people could get invested in the racing by, you know, being able to donate or something like that. Uh, but it feels like every time that I do something, whether it's, you know, sharing a post or, you know, buying a shirt or telling people where they can get merchandise of theirs, it feels like I'm a part of the team. And like you say, in other sports, you stand up for your team. When you stand up for them, you say, we. And that's always just been my use of we. I do it with my Ravens. I do it with the Orioles. <laughs> Uh, I, I am one of those people that when I'm a fan, I'm invested into it. What about you, Daryl? How, how do you view it? I try to get away from the Wii sometimes, but it's sometimes you just got to go with it. I mean, for the first time, it's a team for, or not, I was going to say for us, but made by us. So you get more emotionally invested into it. And I, I try to avoid getting into Twitter fights because at the end of the day, it's not really conducive to anything positive but with some of the way people talk wise about 2311 my fingers start typing before i realize i'm like okay i guess this is what i'm doing for 15 minutes but it's a team that i'm looking at towards the future to get bigger that we when denny accidentally accidentally leaked the plans of the race shop you know they've got plans for four cars i expect roger Carruth at some point will be in one of those seats really so it's going to okay. be Bubba, Raja, and whoever else they find, it's going to be exciting to see that team grow. And I really want to see it grow because I really think Bubba can be a good driver. And a lot of the people that are getting their licks in on a first year team, yeah. I think we have to keep stressing that it's a first year team are going to be eating crow three or four years down the line. Yeah. And, and, and I'll say this too. It, it's a different time than when everyone else started their race teams. Like, you know, the energy that they're given 2311 now, where, you know, I wonder where this energy was, you know, when RCR started, when Hendrick started, or, you know, All Star Racing. You know, where was this when Roush started up? You know, where they laughed out of the building, where they told, oh no, go back and do something else, you know. Oh, you know, you can barely run a basketball team. Yeah, Michael Jordan is one of the greatest athletes of all time. But because you're going to base 
his business decisions with the Hornets on, you know, a, a team that was built basically before he came into ownership, you know, and because their track record as being, you know, the Bobcats or anything wasn't good, you know, oh, well, you can barely run a basketball team, you know, how is he going to run a race team? You know, it, if you're running a race team, you have the people that you have already in place. It, you know, it basically, and I hate to say it in a way, you know, it's just like Michael's lending his name to the situation. Uh, you know, I know he's said what he expects, but at the same time, Denny is in there to keep things at a realistic point of view. And, you know, it's just like people need to keep that same energy with all of the other teams. So I hear more, you know, vitriol towards 2311 and then I do track house. And I guess, you know, track house is backing up what they preach. You know, they go out there and get the top 10s, top 15s. But, you know, people have done the math. Results are there. Uh, the, the, the stats are there for Bubba. It's the finishes. He said about, you know, Mike Wheeler, some of the questionable decisions that he makes. But people judge Bubba off of a finishing position more than they do looking at the race. You know, they're not listening to the radio like, you know, some fans do and are able to take in what they're saying, what they're feeling. You know, they're not zeroed in on looking at the stats to see where that driver is. It's, oh, ha, Bubba finished 25th. Yeah, but talk about that part of the race where he was top eight, top 10 until an issue comes up. And I mean, you should do that for any driver. You know, you shouldn't just look at that finishing position as how the race went. And it's just like uh, 20 to 11 said on Twitter after the race Sunday. The finishing position does not talk about how hard we fought. And like you say, you know, with Bubba being up front for those 16 laps, that was a source of pride. And like you say, we checked that box. But the finish pretty much, you know, in a way made people negate it and say, oh, well, look at him, another non-top 10 finish. The top 10s, I thought you said you could run up there. Like Daryl said, it's just like wasting brain cells trying to explain to uh, some fans out there and it's just like I'll say something I don't even turn you know notifications off on it you can say what you want basically it gets weeded out anyway uh, but mostly other people take care of that they're in the trenches I guess of a Twitter uh, Twitter war and are ready to stand up for what they believe in I think a lot of it too is that they're 2311 is trying to win and they've made a lot of decisions that look like bad decisions only because they are doing what they need to do to try and win. In the case of Talladega, he could have stayed out there and probably gotten back up into a top 10, right? But if I remember correctly, he went from worst to first at the start of the race, right? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So he's got the speed. So they put the new tires on it because they wanted to give him the only opportunity he had to win. And so that I think that's, you know, people are going to criticize no matter what. You know, if, if, if he goes out there and it's full on, you know, we're going to wreck or we're going to win, people are going to criticize him for driving too recklessly. You know, if he goes out there and drives conservatively and gets a bunch of top tens, they're going to criticize him because he can't win. You know, there's no way, right way to do things. They're going for the win because they want, you know, I assume they want to get in the 
they want to get in the championship run, you know, and I mean, I, they're doing better than most teams, in my opinion, and especially one brand new. Yeah, the, the team didn't exist in October. So, I mean, to, uh, the, the like major difference between 2311 and Trackhouse is Trackhouse is in-house at RCR. They're literally a third RCR car. 2311 is working out of the old Jermaine Racing Truck Series shop. Um, so they're they they're they're detached, and you, you have to take into account COVID stuff. They're not all together at the same time, and all all of that. So. And the last time a Cup Series team won in its first year of existence was Hendrick in 1984. So Roush didn't win until its second year. Um, and all, there's, 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 they're doing good for what they came in with. Um, they Bubba led his 23 laps at Martinsville, career best. That's nothing to shake, shake your stick at or whatever. That that's that's an accomplishment. And this this weekend in Talladega was a, was an accomplishment. He got a stage win. They they needed that um, like that that's important and uh, I know that uh, Darian um, Gilliam aka Black Flag Matter he noted it uh, hour hours later so Bubba Wallace is the first African American driver to, to win a Cup Series stage and I was like oh yeah that's right um, so th- th- does that does that stat mean how much does that mean to you guys he is the first Black driver to win a Cup Series stage. Didn't really think much about that, mainly because we just got stages, but it's still a cool <laughs> stat nonetheless. Yeah, I'll say that, you know, it's a cool stat. And like we said, it's more stage wins than Jeff Gordon, Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt. Because <laughs> like he said, you know, we just got stages within the last couple of years or so. But it's an important moment in history. You know, it's one of those, uh, you know, it's up there in, you know, small sample sizes, you know, mm-hmm. you can say it's up there with, you know, the Wendell Scott win. It's up there with, uh, you know, Bill Luster making the start, you know, because those are moments that NASCAR doesn't always see. And, you know, it, it's, it'll stand out, you know, it's not going to, if Bubba makes a habit of doing it, 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 it won't mean as much, but if, you know, you say, well, remember when he did this, you know, let's say if he decided to retire today or tomorrow, just because of everything that's going on, you know, and say that's a moment that stands out, you know, there'll never be another first time African-American stage winner. All right. All right. So uh, a certain driver finished in third place, Crow, who, who finished in third place on Sunday? That would be the, the podcast or at least half the podcast favorite driver, Michael McDowell. Yes. You mean the guy that that means it is on the wall by the door? Yes. That that is my my NASCAR merch that I have. The only piece of NASCAR merch I have in my house that I got because you know got got to support the guy we talk about every week. Good good eye, good eye, Phil. Good eye. Um, But yes, it is time for. McDowell watch. Oh, all right. Michael McDowell. Uh, he finished third Sunday at Talladega. Uh, it is his fourth top 10 of the season, uh, tying his career best total of four from last year. Uh, it is also his second top five of the year, matching his career best from two years ago. Uh, he's now 13th 
in points, and I believe that's up from four um, last week. Uh, so here's an interesting, interesting stat, guys. I don't think this has been highlighted anywhere that I've seen. Uh, but McDowell finished in the top 10 in all three stages of the race. That is the first time that a front row motorsports car has earned points in every stage of a cup race. So there's your interesting uh, front row motorsports uh, stat for the week. He finished eight, eighth in stage one, fourth in stage two, third in stage one. So what, what do you guys think of what, about the season that uh, Michael McDowell's putting together so far this year? It's automatically with his Daytona 500 win, the best of his career. And uh, he, he's already matched his career best totals in top fives and top tens already, and we're only through 10 races. It's been surprising and also says that Front Row Motorsports, they're really building something over there. Uh, Michael surprised us with the Daytona 500 win, backed that up with some good runs earlier through the season. The last couple of races, however, at Martinsville, Richmond didn't really go the way he wanted to, but bounced back with a great race. We know he's a good plate racer, and he showed it running in the top 10 all, of all three stages at Talladega. So, yeah, good little season for McDowell. Not only that, he, he was like, what, you know, a quarter of a lap away from leading at the end. You know, he was right there. He could have gone his way. Oh, I thought right as they hit the apex of the trioval coming to the checkered, I thought he was going to get it. Uh, but then he, he, he wasn't able to slow Kozlowski down enough. Yeah. Um, when I, you know, when he won the 500, part of me was like, oh, well, it's Daytona. Anybody. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say it, you know. If you're up the front towards the end of the race, you have a great chance because people in front of you are probably going to do something stupid to allow you to be able to win. He made it through that storm of a, a wreck at the end. And I uh, said, so, well, you know, he'll be in the playoffs, but I don't expect the consistency to hold up. But then you go to Daytona Road Course, and it's like, oh, okay. Pulls, pulls a, what, a, a top 10 out of that race. Uh, you know, and then he just goes on and on, and it's just like, okay, this team isn't going away. And, and like Daryl said, it's showing that front row building something. They're no longer going to be that team that, oh, we're just competitive on plate tracks. You know, they showed it in in spurts kind of last year, and especially with, uh, and, and I, I will say, you saw last year when John Hunter was driving for them, how he had some races where he was about top 15, top 20 every uh, in some races. And then towards the end, you know, he would get involved in a wreck or something that wasn't his fault necessarily. But it's showing that, hey, we're here to we're here to play now. You know, you may not be as big as some of the other teams, but we're shooting to be there. And, you know, that's after what maybe close to five or six years of mediocrity where, you mm. know, they did have guys like David Reagan or, uh, you know, and Michael McDowell, guys that would finish up front at a plate track, but then, you know, other races there, 25th through 30th. And now it's just like when I see them on the track, it's just like, oh, okay, here comes McDowell. He's going to probably get a top 10, top 15. And I think, he has he's out with something to prove this season now with Daytona in his back pocket. 
he's not just going to lay back and say, oh, well, we'll coast until the playoffs. No, they want to get another win. They want to be a multiple time winners in the season. And eventually, I think they'll come along with uh, Alfredo. And do I think he's punching above his weight a little bit? So, but, you know, there's a good chance that he could get up there and maybe start getting some top fifth things, start falling his way, and he stays out of wrecks and stays out of trouble. I, I, I think, really, the season and where races are located on the schedule are going to benefit him um, because you, you had his Daytona results, which led into a road course, which he's good at. And then you had that good result that led into Homestead, another track he's actually decent at. So he's able, he was able to stack those together. And while he hasn't been exceptional since then, you get the Talladega finish. He starts third in Kansas. Okay. So you don't know what he could parlay that into, but then you got uh Coda next month. You, you don't know where, where that's going to parlay into. And once you, you get hit, you have all these road courses there. Well, while he's not the best road course driver, he, he does have a, an affin- somewhat of an affinity for it. And so then, then you throw in Daytona in the season finale, and then you've got Talladega in the, again in, I think, the second second round. So I, like there will be stretches of the year where you don't hear from him. Um, but I, I think the way certain races are spread out and the way they lead into other events, he, he, the schedule works in his, in his favor in ways that it didn't before this year. So Kansas guys, what, first off, what do you think of the the Bushy McBush race 400? I think Phil just died a little bit on the inside. Um, I, I, I enjoy the one joke though, where everyone's like, a cup race or is it a Bush? But <laughs> um, I, I think Bush kind of knew where they were going with that name and they just wanted the... Uh, you know, people to donate the money, which is fine. It was going to the farmers, but none of your choices were ever going to get picked for a race. Uh, and for vote on it and say, oh, yeah, let's call it Bushy McBush race. And I, I, think I feel it... bad for guys like Mike Joy and other people that have been around the sport a long time oh. that have to deal. I think it, at this point. I think at this point, we should all know that if there's an online poll to name something, it's going to be something make something. And if there's a poll to send someone for a concert or something like that, they're going to go to Alaska. Yeah. Yep. That's how they work now. We're just going to make a, uh, well, I was going to make a joke and say uh, NASCAR go to Alaska, but then we saw the ice, uh, that ice race. Was that the Euro series, I think? That, that was NASCAR uh, Euro Series on ice. They look like they're going to do some ice racing soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for Mike Joy to look straight into the camera and with all the gravitas and professionality that Mike Joy has garnered over the last 40 years to say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, to the Bushy Bush Race 400. <laughs> it's quite, that, that, that will give me joy. For hey pun see see right there there, there joy, um for uh at least three days 
I, I will be able to use that as a pick-me-up for at least three days. You actually stole my thunder because I was going to say that. I cannot wait until Mike Joy has to say Bushy McBush Race 400. Oh, it's going to be glorious. I, I want to thank the fans that voted for that because now we're going to have that sound bite for immortality, and it's going to be glorious. Well, my submission for the race was the uh, higher Daniel McFadden 400. Uh, that, that, that's what I submitted. Um I, I don't know where it finished in the running. I can only imagine it was in the top five. Um, so, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it was a, a it just missed out on the top four. Um, I would really like to know what was the entire list. I know some of the people we follow on Twitter mutually, you know, they were, they wanted to go for the Cuppy Car 400. Yeah. Which, that would have worked. I think that would have worked. Still would have sounded goofy coming out of Mike Joy's mouth, but maybe in the future they'll allow us to name other races. And, you know, hopefully Mike Joy decides to uh, take his retirement. <laughs> no, I think we need to go for the next race. It needs to be the Joy McJoy Mike Joy Fun Fun Drive um, race. Three twenty five, <laughs> featuring Mike Joy at Coda hashtag Mike Joy. Yeah, that, I think I think that's yeah. We should start that campaign now. Um, so, okay, guys, do you, what do you guys think about Kansas Speedway in general? Um, in my personal opinion, uh, it's the, might be the least memorable of all the intermediate 1.5 mile tracks. It definitely doesn't need two track two races, um, but it does. So, but here we are. Um, it's it's really weird to go from Bristol Dirt to Martinsville to Richmond to Talladega. And then to like, it's, it feels like we're ending on this very weird note at, at Kansas. Look at it as a rest race as far as excitement, <laughs> because we've got Coda next week where track limits are not going to exist and all the F1 people are going to be mad. But it is one of the tamer, I, I can't even call it one of the tamer mile and a half anymore because over the last couple of years, we've seen some pretty big wrecks there actually. Uh, Ryan Priest most recently, but. It's not a track that I'm going to say has the most memorable races all the time. I know Jeff Gordon won the first two there, but being a Jeff Gordon fan, of course, I'd remember and love that. <laughs> it's also been a good Hendrick track, but it's really one of those tracks that it's there and I'm glad we're racing at, but it's not one of those where I'm like, oh yeah, we're really going to have a great race at Kansas this week. Like, I can't remember a good, like, a decent Kansas race just like off the top of my head. Usually you name a track, you can go, hey, there was that one time, but I I, I can't do that with Kansas. Yeah, no. I, I for me I don't know. That like Daryl said, I remember when Jeff Gordon won the first two races there. First one was called the Protection One Four Hundred. Don't ask me why I still remember that. I didn't <laughs> Google it. Uh yeah, I remember him winning that race, and then from there, because I remember he won, I think, yeah, because I think he won a Chicago Land race, too. Um, but no other race comes to mind, honestly. Like, I remember the time, I think, uh, Biffle and Keselowski got into that wreck. I think that was, like, 20, I don't know, it was sometime, I think it was, like, 2013, 2015. I remember they got into that wreck. Literally was the only exciting thing about that race. You know, wrecks couldn't be exciting, but 
Uh, it's honestly a race where if you fall asleep while watching it, it's fine. You haven't missed anything. Likely, well, in the past, you could say it's more than likely going to be dominated by Kevin. I don't know about this year. So probably be Denny Hamlin. Well, yeah. I want my, my pick is, um, let's see, I think Larson might uh, do, do good. Yeah, yeah, that that's actually true. Yeah, because he has kind of dominated the, so far this season. It's a race where it's kind of like... Does it need as many laps as it has? You really need to go here twice. And the answer is no. But... I just realized that for my entire life, either Kansas or Texas has been the closest like Cup Series race to me. And it's never once occurred to me to go, occurred to me to go to a race there. <laughs> well, for good reason, especially with what they've done to Texas. But I was also going to go Kyle Larson this weekend. So I, I don't want to seem like I'm piggybacking, but I, I was also thinking Larson because Hendrick does have seven wins here. This could also be a good bounce back for Kevin Harvick. He does have the best average finish of all the uh, cup regulars here at 9.3, but Stuart Haas Racing has just looked so bad oh, yeah. this year. I don't know what's going on with that team, so I can't even say Harvick's going to be in the running just without how slow that team has looked. No, it, it, yeah, I don't. Har- Harvick, I forgot where he finished Sunday, but it was in the top 10. Um, but hey, he led laps. Kevin Harvick led his first lap since the Daytona 500. Um, and K- Kyle Busch led his second race of the year. So baby steps for <laughs> for Harvick and Kyle Busch. Um, uh, so yeah. Okay. So I'm Larson. You're, did you take, so you're going to Harvick? Is that who you're going, Daryl? I'm going to go Larson. Oh, you're going to watch them too. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust Harvick. Okay, okay. Bill? Uh, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Larson as well. Oh. I was trying to do some research because the reason that I don't want to go Harvick is because for some reason it would seem like it was rigged if the Bush <laughs> won the Bushy McBush race, 400. But it the funny thing been. is, I don't even know if he's driving a Bush car. He is, no, no, he is. He is. He, he's do because he, he has the for the farmers paints game. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say it would be funny if he bought out the mobile one car for normal sponsors. So hey, it happens. Dri- drivers win the races that they're they're sponsored by at least you know once every two years, typically mm-hmm. something like that. But it it happens. Yeah. So it'll be we can start a conspiracy. Uh, here. Well, <laughs> I don't want to make it for for four. <laughs> so I'm going to go left field and I, I no basis for this whatsoever other than he's kind of ran up front the last few races a little bit. I'm going to go with Chastain. No hope, but that's who I'm going to pick because I like you him. Should, you, should, you should save that pick for next week at Darlington. Crow. Maybe I will. <laughs> I can pick the same person twice. Okay. All right. I, I did it the last two races. <laughs> Just be happy. I'm not saying Martin Truex Jr. Again. <laughs> all right all right so two, uh so three larsons and a ross chest okay all right so i just think he's a nice person because he was on the podcast and that's my like that's that's my bar all right <laughs> <laughs> okay all right um so i did i did remember one kansas race guys when uh, logano spun kenza there you go there there's your there's your kansas race memory from 25th 15 because it was the week before uh kins had got his revenge yep no actually wasn't it like two weeks after wasn't it like can't like yeah, it was two weeks after because there was 
race in, I think Texas was in between there. Somewhere was in between there. So, but yeah, Kansas, when he spun him in turn one and two, that, that's your Kansas. That's it, really, that I can think of. So, all right, guys. Uh, I think it's going to wrap it up for dropping this episode of Dropping the Hammer. I'm really, really glad we could do this. I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, where, where can everyone find you guys? We'll start with you, Daryl. Well, as always, you can find me at DKJunior12 on Twitter. You can also check me out on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. for 2Y Tuesday on WBGR Sports on Facebook and new on WBGR TV on twitch.com. So also check that out as well. And also on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Spreaker.com slash IE Sports Radio, the live recording of the extra mile with myself, Christopher Lehman, and Michael Ward. You want to check that out? We talk NASCAR, IndyCar, and Formula One. So you can always catch me there. Always hit me up on Twitter as well. I'm always bouncing around doing things. So, Phil? All right. Yeah. And like I said earlier in the show, uh, I have my own podcast, uh, White Silk Racing Podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts Google, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you go. Uh, we're there. Uh, like I say, try to update almost every week, if not every couple of weeks. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter at Phil in Espanol. It's hard time, you know, spelling that out. Just search Phil Spain in the space and the uh, search bar. I'll probably be the first Phil Spain that comes up. Um, but other than that, uh, we're probably going to get into recording a few more YouTube episodes. That's the White Silk Racing Show on YouTube. You'll find it. We've only got a couple episodes up, but we're in the process of making uh, some more and also trying to do a little small documentary on some uh, older, now defunct, uh, up in the works and should have some traction on that by summer. Thanks for that. What, so what's the story behind your Twitter username? Uh, I, well, one of my high school friends uh, back, this was almost about 10 years ago, we were... Uh, I was just talking on Twitter and I was just like, I want a new username because my name used to be Phil Spain 90, my name and my birth year. And uh, so like, how about Phil and Phil Espanol? Because with my last name being Spain, you know, hey, that'll work out. And then it just stuck. There have been times over the years where I have wanted to change it, but what keeps me from changing it is that I'm known by that for so many things, especially online or, you know, through uh, YouTube and stuff like that. And it extends over even into my Instagram and things like that. It's kind of, uh, uh, you know, personal thing now. You know, I kind of made it my brand. Here, all right. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel McFadden, all one word. Last name is mcfa din hopefully you everyone listening knows that by now um you can email me at dan at gmail.com and subscribe uh to my youtube page youtube.com slash dan mcfadden and uh be, be sure to like and subscribe uh this podcast help uh, spread the word it's all right well i'm dan mcfadden this has been uh, a great episode with crow daryl and phil um so thank you for listening to Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. Have a great night, everyone. We're out.